I want to introduce you to a guy this morning. Um, he's, this is the first time that he's been up here to, to speak, but won't be the last time. I can guarantee you that. We've been talking a lot up here about the central site, uh, which is a location that we're beginning in the fall of this year. Um, and Steve Terry is going to be leading that site down there. He leads a church called New Life Church of God uh, off of McKee Street, um, and that's where our church is going to be located, and he's going to be spending half of his time with New Life Church of God and half of his time with us here at Grace Gathering to lead our central site, and I'm super excited about it. Um, he has a wife, Stephanie, and you have um, Joshua, three, three kids um, as well, and so he's going to be sharing with us today, and here's the thing. He doesn't have a whole lot of energy, um, so we want to make sure that we kind of, you know, get him excited before he comes up here. So let's welcome Steve Terry as he comes on up. <laughs> my, 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 my. I don't know why he tried to get me started before I got out my seat. <clears throat> Praise the Lord, everybody. <clears throat> I don't hear you. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm talking to y'all. Praise the Lord, everybody. I didn't say, say praise the Lord. I said something down on the inside of you that reminded you that if it hadn't been for the Lord on your side, you wouldn't be sitting up in here. I'm talking about that kind of praise. Somebody give God a praise because you're here today. Oh, my God. Now, now nudge somebody and just tell them I'm glad you made it. Tell them I'm glad you made it. Uh-huh. See, they don't know what you're talking about. I'm not glad you made it across the street to, down the driveway. I'm glad you made it through the trial that tried to take you out of here. Tell them again. Tell them I'm glad you made it. Woo! There's a mighty God that we serve, and he's worthy to be praised. And I wanted to share with us um, just a little bit, and um, I know you're a little comfortable, but in a second, um, I, 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 we, I just need a little help. I do need a little help, um, uh, Pastor um, uh, Scott. And so I, I thank God for what he's doing in this series, Stories That Unlock the Kingdom. And the more that I begin to read and, and um, study what um, God is, is doing in um, it just began to blow my mind. Of course, all the parables that we've heard and Levi uh, sharing last week, um, I believe that this parable, as I begin to read it, uh, it just really began to bless me. Um, again, I'm Steve Terry. Uh, yes, my lovely wife, Stephanie, and I are lead couple at Grace Gathering Central. Man, somebody just give God a praise. We're planting one more time. <laughs> you guys are four to five years in and so um, I thank God that we're part of the family. And um, I tell you what, last Saturday, uh, I saw kingdom taking place as the North, East, and Central uh, was there getting ready for October. Come on, just give God one more praise for the kingdom and the family working together. Um, I, I love it. I love it. God is so good. He's been so good to me. And um, I want to share with us. Um, the parables in Matthew chapter 18, it begins with verse 21, but I had to back up and read verse 18 because it tells you why, um, uh, Brother West, why Jesus shares this parable, and it blows my mind because a lot of times Jesus shares parables because he'll tell us something directly and it'll go so far over our head that he says, okay, now let me just break it down and give you, give you a simple way to, to understand a complicated thing. And so in Matthew chapter 18, I see um, a powerful, powerful thing taking place. 
And um, it begins in verse uh, number 21, but I'm going to back up to verse 15. Um, And while you're finding that, while you're getting that, um, I want you to help me real quick. Um, If you have it, Matthew 18, if you have it, say amen. If you'd be so kind to stand with me one time, um, if it's on, if your Bible is on your phone or if you got your Bible in your hand, I left my Bible in my car because as soon as I leave here, I'm headed back to New Life to preach one more again. Um, but hold your word in your hand and I want you to declare this over your mind. Say this with me. Hold your Bible. Hold your Bible or your whatever you got on your phone. Um, say this. Say, this is the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. This is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, Holy Ghost. I am a believer, not a doubter, always on top, never the bottom. My God says so. Now, by hearing that word, I want you to hear the word while you're standing. Just real quickly, it says this. i got to back up to verse 15. Jesus starts by saying, if your brother sins against you, go show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've won a brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church or the elders. Uh, And if he refuses to listen to the church, treat him as you would pagans or tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Man, we can stop right there and shout a while because if God is with me when we come together in agreement, then everything is going to be all right. However, Peter didn't get it. Peter said, well, let me ask you a question because I got stuck on that other forgiveness thing. And Peter says, verse 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many often shall my brother diss me or sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said, I I don't say to you up to seven times, but I say 70 times seven. So Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And then he had, when he had begun to settle accounts, uh, one uh, was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents, Amplified Bible says $10 million, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold his, his, with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, his master, master have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. I'm going to pause here, give you a title, and once you sit down, I'll read the rest. The title I want to talk about is what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. 
And, and, and in that title, what you make happen for others, whatever it is, God will make happen for you that I learn how to give up the right to be right. Father, your word is already anointed, but we need you this morning to hear what the spirit of the sovereign Lord is saying to your church, what you're saying to our soul. I know that I'm nothing, but you're everything to me. Teach Holy Ghost, teach in the house today, and we'll be careful to give your name, the honor, the glory, and the high praise in Jesus' name. All God's people said together, Amen and amen. As you sit down, touch three people and just tell them this or wave at them. Tell them what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. That was real quiet. Hallelujah. (laughs) Trying to get y'all to talk to me a little bit. So watch this. And so go to verse 28. It says, but that servant went out and found one um, of his fellow servants who owed him a, one, a hundred denarii. I looked at it in the Amplified. It, it's equivalent to $20. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, begging him, saying, I have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him in the prison till he would pay the debt. So his fellow servants saw uh, what had been done. They were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torture, to be torturers, until he would pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to you as if, uh, do to each of you from, if from his heart he does not forgive his brother's his trespasses. What's interesting about this passage is that what God was dealing with more than anything was not so much of the words that Peter um, was saying. He was dealing with the attitude. Tell somebody, how's your tude? Okay. Because he wanted to know, Peter, you don't understand. There's something about your attitude um, because I forgave you But in your heart, I told you if two of y'all get together, if you're in agreement, I'll be right there in the midst of you. You could have shouted right there, but no, you wanted to go back and ask me a question about how many times do I forgive? So we have to understand something about parables. And and I want to share this because um, since parables... Uh, are short stories that represent the kingdom truths. Uh, They're spoken in common language of every day, and I'm going to kind of go a little common language in just a minute, Sister Barbie. And simple in language, but deep in meaning. Confusing to some, but life-altering to others. Parables follow the progression of picture, mirror, and window. And so I began to look at this parable, and um, it just so happened that I got a call. I grew up in New York City, and um, I, um, uh, all my life, and so we've been here for, really, for our ministry, we've been here. Um, But I grew up in New York City, 
And it's interesting, um, I had a cousin, a few cousins out there, it was 11 of my father's siblings, but one of my cousins' name is Ray, Ray Ray, oh boy. Don't mess with Ray. Ray was really Peter. Um, For whatever reason, he was always ready to do whatever it took to settle an issue. Oh God. And so I kind of, when I read Peter's response, I thought of my cousin Ray. Ray just called me the other week and I said, you know what, Um, I wonder if it was Ray in this picture. So I want to paint the picture. Let me give you the picture that God was trying to give. The picture was that God is patient with us. The picture that I begin to see that he's a patient God uh, when it comes to things that we go through, but Jesus, again, he was checking the attitudinal vibe from Peter. He was checking because Peter was asking him a question. Uh, Jesus, again, was dealing more, not what was coming out of his mouth, but what was in his heart. And when I began to look at that, I thought about my cousin Ray, Brooklyn, New York, Hempstead, New York, out on Long Island. And... um. I can hear Ray, if he was to call Jesus and he was Peter, and I can hear him say, yo, JC, come here, I'm going to holler at you real quick. He called him JC because he knew that he was Christ, flesh and blood. Anyway, that's another story. Peter knew him like that. And so he's talking to Jesus, and he says, come here, let me me ask you a question because I need to know how many times am I going to let somebody just diss me? Is it seven times I'll let them just diss me before I clap back on them and try to let them know or ask them a question or say to them, if you talk to me crazy one more time, can I get them then? It's crazy because you know when people look at you all sideways, like, you know, I don't know if you didn't know the the saying, but anybody just looked at you like, you crazy? Well, you look at them like, you crazy too. And so Jesus, Jesus is talking to Peter and he's trying to figure out, Peter, okay, so you're trying to figure out how do you get revenge? And Jesus is trying to say, look, you know what? I'm really checking your heart because the real picture is here. I want to show you in the kingdom There's a God who's been real patient with you with all of your attitudinal drama and you trying to figure out how quick you can get somebody back, Ray Ray, I mean Peter, how you can get back at him. But he said, I want to check your attitude to make sure your heart is in the right place. And so here, as I begin to look at this picture in this parable, I see something. The kingdom picture, it tries to let us know that God is patient with us. And if we were to know anything or understand anything in this world, that everybody needs to know that patience and forgiveness is available to everybody in life. Second thing I begin to see in this picture is that God has forgiven us the guilt of our sins. He's forgiven us. It's it's over there in Psalms 32. I'll read it, but he's forgiven us. You know, the things that you go through, there's often times that there's guilt associated in, and you know, when you feel so undone and so bad about things, you would wish that someone would be so forgiving that they can deal with the place, the pain of guilt that we deal with. And so in this picture, I see that God is patient. He patiently waits on our response 
Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with everlasting love. I've loved you. I've loved you. I've drawn you with my loving kindness. You know, especially when you was doing what you was big enough to do. You was ignoring God. You was doing your own thing. But God says, you know, I've been patient with you. I've been loving you with an everlasting love. And the picture goes on. Not only is he patiently waiting on our response, but he patiently waits on repentance. And in repentance, 2 Peter chapter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting everybody to come to repentance. Man, God is so, I'm so glad he waited on a brother. Y'all don't hear me. I'm so glad he waited on me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he waited on me because my attitude at times was toe up from the flow up. Not you, but me. And the thing is, I'm glad that God was patient with me, that he waited upon me. The picture also lets me know that in his patience, he waits for us to understand how deeply he restores us. Psalms 32 and 5 says, Then I acknowledged my sin and, and did not cover up my iniquities and said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Somebody say Selah. No, y'all say Selah. Selah means stop and shout a while. Hallelujah. Somebody say Selah. It means stop and look at how patient God has been with you. And if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you still would be jacked up. But he took you from the floor, from the bottom, and put you on the top. Stop and praise him for a while. God hadn't been there for him, brother. Wouldn't be here today. So the picture is that there's a patient God. And because he's a patient God, he uh, is a loving God, the mirror gets us to begin to reflect that he is also a forgiving God. So if the picture was that he's patient, the mirror reminded me that he forgives. He forgives. When I begin to look in the mirror, I begin to see how deeply God loved me. How much he loved me. You know, it's like, because I used to think, well, if I can get things right enough then God will love me more. But Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says that God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. In other words, he didn't wait for me to get my act together. He said, I've already made a way for you. And so while I was yet doing what I was big enough to do, he said, I loved you that deeply. So when I reflect on that picture in the mirror, it blows my mind. The other reflection that I see in the mirror is that not only does God love me, but that his love lifted me. Lifted me when I really didn't know how. You know, so this is what Psalms 32 and 3 is saying. It says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. Uh, My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Selah. Whoo, there it is again. Hallelujah. It said, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquities. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave, man, the guilt, the shame of my, the disgrace feeling. Man, 
When God does that, 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 that is such a blessing that not only did he love me, but he lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, we used to sing. Far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, I was sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. From the water, he lifted me. Woo, God. That's why he says, Selah, Brian, because if you know where God lifted you from, then I got a reason to Selah. Hallelujah. So in that mirror, I, got, I looked a little bit further because in the mirror, it took me back to reflect on my, you know, my, my basketball playing days. I had a little something, y'all. Um, it reminded me, you know, um, that while I was playing one season, my, my stats was going down. My stats was going down because when they would run the play, we run motion to the right. Y'all know that's Stevie Ray. That's my, my pass. And so I'd come over. I'm wide open. I was open all the time. I don't care what nobody say. I was open. And I stopped getting the ball. I would try to back cut. I was not getting mad. I was so mad. I was done with Randy Castleberry. That's his whole name. Hope it gets on tape. Anyway, he's my friend now. He's my friend. He's my real friend. He's really my friend. But I wasn't getting the ball, and I was so frustrated. We lost that game, and we lost a couple other games. And then I remembered sitting in the bleachers after a game. We go back. I was in Oklahoma City. Um, we play out in Kansas and come. We drove all night. Coach put us in the bleachers and said, what is the problem? Why are we losing games like we are? Everybody got a chance to answer. And Coach Willie Holly would talk through his teeth. And, um, and so finally, he asked me, and I said, Coach, I was mad. I said, Coach, they're not passing me the ball. I'm not getting the ball. That's why I'm not getting the ball. He said, so Stevie, you mean to tell me the reason why you're a little poor performance, and you know I bet you the second half, too, the reason why, Steve, is because uh, he's not passing you the ball. So that's the problem. I said, yeah. I said, and by the way, now it's not fun anymore. Eddie Cruz, I don't know why he opened his mouth, but he says, the coach says, would anybody in here want to tell me when the game of basketball ever stopped becoming fun? Because I think it's the funnest sport in the world. And Eddie Cruz says, well, coach, game of basketball stopped becoming fun when you stop giving your all. What? The coach who at one time, there was a green chalkboard slate put his fist through it, took that whistle, and I promise you, the whistle broke in a million pieces and threw it. He said, that's the problem. You stop giving your all because of your attitude. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. And when God was checking Peter, it wasn't so much. He kept on trying to blame the things that happened to me. And he says, no, I want to know, do you understand what's happening inside of you? God changed my paradigm that day when it came to forgiveness. And he gave me one simple phrase. People don't like it too much, but it doesn't matter because I'm giving it to you right now. <laughs> and the statement is, God told me, give up the right to be right. <laughs> that 70 times 7, God says, Steve, learn how to give up the right to be right. The rest of that season, I would get open. Randy wouldn't pass me the ball, but my attitude changed. 
I ran, he swung it to the other side. All I knew is rebounds was coming on this side. I was scoring 20 points just by, not only did my points go up, but then my rebound stats went up. The only thing changed was my attitude. When you give up the right to be right, do you understand when I'm trying to hold on to something else, it will lower your performance. It will cause things just to go crazy because in our third year of marriage, I found out, I don't know if you want to call it the hard way or the easy way, but our third year and it happened again in our seventh year, not too much later on, but God was trying to show me how to use this same principle that happened in the basketball court, how to use it in life because I figured, hey, I'm a school teacher, I'm working, then I got to come home and work. Then I got to do that church at work, so I ain't washing the dishes. I did that, Grant, because I'm a man. So I thought, from New York, washing no dishes. One day passes, three days pass, seven days pass. And I was on an unintended fast. Help me, Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> since you ain't washing the dishes, Stephanie, stop cooking. <laughs> it's so crazy, though. So I was like, how's that working for you? Sure wasn't working for me because a brother can't cook. <clears throat> Barely boiling water, brothers. I'm just trying to help somebody. Give up the right to be right. So everywhere in our marriage, I recognize that, you know what? Um, you know what? Stephanie, I'll make all the big decisions, and you all, you'll make all the little decisions. We haven't had a big decision since that year, and we're going on 30. <laughs> Give up the right to be right. Why in the world do we hold on to stuff? And so that mirror helped me to look at myself and realize the importance that God was trying to get at. You got to learn how to be selfless and not selfish. The problem that was going on in Peter's soul, there's the picture, there's the mirror, but in that window, this window as Jesus began to talk out, he was speaking out to everyone, what I begin to see is the parable of the unmerciful servant. It shows us the importance of being um, mindful of God's mercy toward us when we are being merciful to others. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. When you are showing love to others, you'll, that same love is going to return to you. When you're being kind and forgiving to others, God was trying to tell you, this is something I need you to understand from your heart. This kingdom perspective, or the kingdom perspective in this parable lets me know that our attitude needs to be the same as that of Christ Jesus. You can't always choose your challenges, but you can always choose your attitude. You, always, you can't choose what other people are doing, but you can choose your attitude. And that's what I found out when I looked in the mirror. I can choose my attitude. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only on your own interest, but on the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. With my three minutes that I have left, the lens looking out into the world. What God said to me while sharing this message, 
is that when you look out into this world, you have many and will have many opportunities to give up the right to be right. Because we live in a time and a place where people, they will do everything seemingly to get under your skin, to try to get you to react instead of reflecting on what God is able to do in your life. But as I look out, I'm like, man, Lord, help me to do a better job at giving up the right to be right. And so the kingdom perspective in this parable, it reminds me to be patient with others and to forgive others just like Christ forgave me. So a forgiving heart is the key to unlocking uh, at least one of the kingdom practices and principles And ultimately, I learned that what I make happen for others, God will make happen for me. I simply have to continue to remember to give up the right to be right. Amen? Come on, everybody standing with me.